Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Social awareness. That's to take a piss. Don't take a shit in the porta potties. All right. Welcome to another edition of the Butting Heads Podcast from Rams Talk Radio. I'm Steve Rivero. As always, I'm here with Johnny Gomez. Johnny, it's May. Not much football news. Other sports are starting ahead in the playoffs. How pumped are you to watch your reigning, defending Los Angeles Lakers play in the play-in tournament? If they could stay healthy, I'm, I'm ecstatic. If, if they go in as injured and battered as they've been for the second half of the season, I'm not that excited. Listen, man, I'm uh, I'm about. I'd say I'm I'm very, very pro LeBron. One of my favorite athletes ever. He's being kind of a baby about complaining about this play-in tournament now. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> he could have complained about it when the rule got passed, uh, but he didn't because I'm sure he never expected to be playing in this game. Not that it's his fault; he's been injured. But uh, like, come on, man, come on. I mean. To be fair, it's not just it's, it wasn't even just him that was injured. It wasn't even just AD that's been injured. It feels like the entire roster has been injured. Yeah, yeah, they they've been uh they've been banged up and the, the West is no easy trip. Meanwhile, my beloved 76ers are sitting pretty in first place in the East. So, we will not be in the playing game, Johnny. Well, uh they'll screw it up somehow. Mm. <laughs> we'll see uh obviously though this is a, uh, a football podcast we're gonna try and pull some topics together and talk about during football uh this is not the you know we are not in the depths of the off season just yet it's actually one of the more exciting weeks of the the downturn the schedule comes out tomorrow obviously we know who everyone is playing but we will get dates times it's our Booking your flights to L.A., booking your tickets to SoFi. Um, I, I'm excited. I, I can't wait to see how the schedule cracks out. I'm hoping to get to a couple games this year. It's going to be awesome to have 
fans back at SoFi. Um, obviously, we'll not be going too deep into detail on that today since we don't know the schedule, but you excited for this fake event the NFL puts on every year? Hey, any, any way to, you know, get fans excited, pretty much everything is celebrated in the NFL. It's kind of ridiculous. But at the, at the same time, though, we're, we're all excited about it. We are. Uh, let's, let's just be real. I know I'm excited about it because even though I'm not a season ticket holder, sad face, they, uh, I mean, season tickets are just ridiculously expensive and I just could not afford it. But I am going to make it to a few games this year. Don't know which ones yet, but I'm going to do everything in my power to go to as many as I possibly can. Even if I have to go by myself, I don't care. I'm going to go there, you know? Uh, I'll be the loner. I don't give a damn. I, I will go and cheer with a random family just because that's what you do. That's what you do. Uh, yeah, never actually been to a game by myself before, but I, I, I ain't gonna lie. I've interacted with families nearby me um, just because for the hell of it. Why not? Yeah, I've never been to a game by myself either. Um, I, it probably, I'm sure it'd still be fun. Uh, I think the closest I've been to was I watched the main event at WrestleMania when I went by myself because it was like midnight and my people I was with left. <laughs> That's about the closest <laughs> I've been. Uh, it was long, man. We were there for like six hours and they had to drive home. Uh, I was taking the train, so I was good. But, yeah, I, it's going to be great to get fans back in there. I can't wait to get there. Hopefully I'll get there this year. Um Hopefully the tickets aren't too expensive, making up for the lost year and this new stadium, but I'm sure they will be. <laughs> but, yeah, we'll see what happens, man. Uh, so, yeah, on today's show, we're going to talk a little bit about undrafted free agents later, but one thing we didn't really hit last week because we had a lot of draft coverage to get to, we're talking about the prospects, and we will probably revisit the prospects that the Rams did draft on a later pod. Here we're going to talk about the offensive line. It was a very hot topic that the Rams did not draft an offensive lineman. I think it was pretty expected that that was where they were going to go with uh, their first pick at 57. Um, or at least in one of the three picks they had on day two. I don't think, Johnny, correct me if I'm wrong, I don't think either of us were advocating for offensive line at that pick, but we both thought it was going to be where they were going to go. Yeah, I mean, it, it was kind of one of those things where it didn't have to happen, but we wouldn't be incredibly upset if it did. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah, and especially with the guys that were there, Creed Humphrey still on the board. Uh <laughs> We were definitely not advocating for a wide receiver at 57, but here we are. Tutu Atwell is on the squad, and our offensive line is more or less unchanged from last year besides losing our starting center and basically not replacing him. And I think that's kind of the the hot issue. I'm going to throw out the roster right here. So guys in the team. Returning from last year, tackle Andrew Whitworth, guard David Edwards, guard Austin Corbett, tackle Rob Havenstein. Those are four of our five primary starters. Joe Noteboom played a little guard, a little tackle. Uh, he probably he started as many games as everybody with all the injuries. Um, and then for the depth, we have Bobby Evans, who is a tackle, who played a little guard and hopefully will never play guard again. Uh, center Brian Allen, who started for us a couple years ago. 
did not perform well. Um, guard Chandler Brewer, who was not with the team last year. Guard Coleman Shelton. Guard Jamil Demby. Tackle Jermaine Anchor was the seventh-round pick last year. And then two additions from the undrafted free agency pool, because we did not select a offensive man at all, are Alaric Jackson and Jordan Meredith. So this is seems with what we have, I would imagine to start camp, they are going to move Austin Corbett to center. They will roll out uh, Joseph Noteboom at right guard to fill his spot or potentially flip Joe Noteboom and David Edwards. And the line would be Whitworth at tackle, Edwards at guard, Corbett at center, Noteboom at guard, Havenstein at tackle. I mean, there are players here that we could talk about potentially starting, but unless we really, really get a, a sharp performance from somebody in camp, it doesn't it, that that seems like it's going to be the the starting five, no? Yeah, I I I think that's that's definitely some something that's going to be our starters. I I think the the four starters you mentioned already are going to be the starting um going to be starting in one form or another. The biggest question is where they put Austin Corbett and I would imagine that he is going to slide over to center just because who else are you going to put there? You could potentially put Brian Allen there, but we tried that experiment once and it just it was a total failure. And then the rest are unproven. So, yeah, you, you basically have to roll with Austin Corbett there. And... I mean, it, it could be that that uh, Sean McVay has an idea for another player to go there. Maybe they uh, try uh, Tremaine Dantrum there. That that could be a, an idea. But we won't really know for sure until training camp begins. And that's kind of the exciting aspect of it is seeing who's going to be our next center. And... Uh, Obviously, that's a, that's an important position as well. So, I I do imagine that Austin Corbett will be the guy. I'll be entirely shocked if he isn't. And that just means that we'll have Joseph Noteboom likely as the starting, uh, the other starting guard there. Which hey, you know what? He's done pretty well for us at at guard when healthy. Um, but the the concern that ha- that that's for me is by doing all this shifting around on the offensive line you're also kind of spreading your offensive line incredibly thin and as Steve mentioned before we didn't draft anyone uh, at all in the offensive line we got a couple of undrafted free agents uh, we added an Italian offensive lineman um, <laughs> that that was that was another thing Max Max Pritchard He's technically a tackle, um, which I think they're going to probably try and shift him over to guard, though I'm not 100% sure. But that still doesn't solve your problem exactly. So, yeah, it, it's it's going to be an in- interesting position to watch out for, uh, center position, that is, you know, going into training camp. Yeah, I mean, uh, Max Pritchard's the, the, the Italian guy they got, right? Uh, or was yes, 
Yeah, he he's not going to factor into this at all. <laughs> uh, he is part of a like the NFL's a pathways program to get European players into camp uh, with teams. It was our turn. This is who we got. If he pans out to be anything, that like literally, that's like the most unlikely thing to happen to a Rams player since Kurt Warner going from random backup quarterback to MVP at the drop of a hat. Like literally, they, there's almost no chance. Uh, it would be incredible, though. Um, uh, but, yeah, yeah, you mentioned Austin Corbett. So, Austin Corbett, it's, he's interesting. Uh, if you look at his, like, career arc, it, it's wild. Um, he came out of – he played left tackle through college. Uh, he got drafted 33rd overall by the Browns. They thought there was a chance he could be their left tackle of the future. They quickly realized that he was a guard, and eventually he lost their job at guard and – they tried to play him at center, and he didn't work out at center either. And, you know, the poor play there was kind of the reason why the Rams got him at a low value. We traded a fifth-round pick uh, for a guy in a second year who was a, not only a second-round pick, but the 33rd pick. Um, you know, he's a pick away from being in the first round. That's kind of how you end up with him. And it's not ideal to move a guy like that to – center because you know he struggled for a lot of his career and now he finally found his footing at guard uh with the team but you know at the same time with Austin Blythe it was kind of a similar situation you know we got him he settled in at guard he was was a former center but hadn't been great at center and we moved him to center he was fine so it's it's not ideal to like I would have rather them just address the center position whether it's give Austin Bly double the money he was getting from Kansas City, which is like $2 million. Uh, draft Creed Humphrey at 57, play him at center, and keep the two young guards who who you like and who you think could be uh, potentially cornerstones at offensive line in the building. But they didn't. And I, like I, I, I think it's a, the wrong decision that they didn't bring in a, offensive line help to replace Austin Blythe or just bring back Austin Blythe in a meaningful way. But that being said, like it is Austin Blythe, you know, he's better than what we have at center, but we didn't like, we didn't lose Jason Kelsey at center. Like we lost Austin Blythe. I feel, I I feel like there's a chance that this offensive line can keep it together. And I know I've been pretty negative about this in past pods. It's almost a little like Stockholm syndrome that we tried not replacing our starters on the offensive line a couple years ago, and it was just a fucking disaster. But I've, you know, you're not losing Roger Saffold this time. You're basically just losing John Sullivan, like they did that year. And if that were the case, it probably wouldn't have fallen apart as drastically as it did. But I don't know. I'm not stoked that Corbett has to slide over to center. And I think that's probably what's going to happen. There are, there are some candidates. I don't think Brian Allen's one of them, but I don't know. I like, I think we could be okay. And I think we probably will be okay. Well, for the 2021 season, I think we're okay. You know, we're not in the most ideal situation. uh, If we're going to be a hundred percent honest, if we were in the ideal situation, we'd have a for sure replacement already lined up for uh, Austin Blythe. Uh, 
And that's not to say that they don't, but even if they do have a candidate in mind, a picture in their head of who's going to be our center for 2021, it's still they still have to kind of see how it goes in training camp because, you know, again, unless you're moving Austin Corbett over to center, which he did struggle in Cleveland when he did play center, of course, much different offensive line, uh, you know, you don't know how well he's going to do. We haven't really played him there. And everyone else would be kind of a risk because it's not uh, a player that's played there, you know, most of their career, or at least uh, starting capacity anyway. So beyond that, so let, let's say we're okay in 2021 it actually becomes a much grimmer picture in 2022 because in 2022 a lot of these guys are free agents uh steve i'm i'm not sure are you are you aware of um who's gonna be a free agent in 2022 on the offensive line i actually am not totally aware of that so enlighten me and enlighten the listeners Okay, so <laughs> I'll just go ahead and, and read them off. I kind of had it already pre-organized. So Austin Corbett, guy we've been talking about, he's a free agent. Pretty core, uh, pretty much a core guy on the offensive line. Very much someone that you have to resign. Um, and, you know, to be fair, they could be in negotiations as we speak or plan to negotiate with them before he even hits the free agent market. But, you know, that's that significant part of the offensive line. But he's a free agent, so that's something to keep in mind. Joseph Nopum, a guy that, you know, he may not be... He's been kind of shifted over all, all over the place, and that's kind of his value with the team. He's uh, very versatile in that capacity, you know, he's the guy that replaced Andrew Whitworth at left tackle when he got injured last season. So his value is, is, is there, but he's a free agent next year. Then <laughs> the backup centers, Coleman Shelton, Brian Allen, both of them are actually free agents. I, I don't know, you may or may not care, um, but that's when you put all that into perspective, if Austin Corbett's our center... We literally have no no starting. We have no uh, center at all in 2022. Um, let's see who else? Um, there was one more, I believe. Oh yeah, and then there's Chandler Brewer, who the Rams are pretty high on, even though he hasn't really done a whole lot for us. But uh, Chandler Brewer is also a free agent. So, yeah, that's that's pretty significant. Yeah, I mean. It is one starter, though. Well, two, I guess. Yeah, you're right. Joseph, I, keep, I don't factor Joseph Nopum as a starter, and he is. So, yeah, no, it's it's going to have to be addressed in some way, even if both those guys start this year. You know, if Nopum and Corbett start and play well, I feel like you're probably not bringing both of them back, and you already have limited draft capital. Uh, you'll figure it out, I'm sure. But that's... That kind of adds to the point as to why, you know, at 57, it would have made more sense to address this position than address 
wide receiver because Johnny, you know how many starters uh, starting wide or you know how many wide receivers are going to be free agents for the Rams in 2022? Zero. <laughs> One, Deshaun Jackson. Oh well, yeah, that's Cup true. Will I guess. Back. Robert Woods will be back. Van Jefferson will be back in 2023. Cooper Cup will be back. Robert Woods will be back. <laughs> Van Jefferson will be back. Tutu Atwell will be back. <laughs> Couple Cup's contract will expire in uh, 2024. So you have all those guys for three years on the books. By the time Cooper Cup's contract expires, none of the current offensive linemen will be here because Whitworth, Havenstein, and Edwards all expire for 2023 which is still a ways away like you don't have to plan to replace those those three guys yet but like it's just another reason why it's just like seems very silly to have gone wide receiver at 57 for the second year in a row but yeah i don't know the, the, the good thing for the rams is like blythe like I don't know. Those guys could be replaceable, but you have to bring in replacements. And when you do stuff like when you're not addressing the position, you have to hope that the replacements exist in the building. And I mean, let's talk about the guys that are in the building. Those five guys, I think, are probably going to be the starters, but potential guys that could move up. Bobby Evans played a lot of tackle in 2019 when Rob Havenstein went out with an injury and played well. Honestly, probably outplayed Havenstein that season. Last year, for whatever reason, they threw him in at guard for a game, and he was really bad. So, like, I don't really think he's going to be in the mix at guard at all. Do you? I'd be really shocked if they do move him to guard. I know that McVeigh would like to, you know, kind of cross-train him just in case they need him for whatever reason. But if if he's not good at the position, I'd rather him focus on improving at the position he's good at, you know? Um, but maybe he just had a bad game. You never know. I would feel much more comfortable that him, uh, though him playing tackle than guard. Just, he was not very good. Sugar Ray Leonard, Roberto Duran, Marvelous Marvin Hagler, and Thomas Hearns. Legends, whose four-way rivalry defined one of the greatest eras in boxing history. Relive their decade of dominance in the new Showtime sports documentary, The Kings, a four-part series premiering Sunday, June 6th, only on Showtime. No, I, yeah, and he was fairly good at tackle. I, I was confused why they brought him in, and I believe Joe Nopin was active for that game and just didn't, I don't know, I don't, that was a weird situation. I think they'll rely on him, especially if Nopin's going to be playing guard, to be the backup tackle. Uh, other guys in the building, Brian Allen, started in 2019 at center, was not very good. <laughs> like, he's a candidate if they want to keep Corbett guard, but I I would just be fucking floored, man, if he was a starter. You know, I don't even think he's a guarantee to make the team. He probably will be because just of, you know, lack of experience at the position. You know, if he gets hurt, if Corbett starts to center gets hurt, you might feel better going with Allen than your other options, but I don't know. I, I really don't think he's going to be in the mix to be a starter. And you see, that's kind of the problem is, as we've kind of pointed out several times already, you're, you know, with all the guys that I mentioned earlier that are becoming free agents, 
you know, it may or may not sound like a lot to you guys, but for every one of those guys that are going to be free agents, you have to hope and pray that these guys are able to come back. Um, at least, at least the starting guys like uh, No Boom and uh, Corbett. You know, those those are guys you want back. But if you can't get them back, which as we've seen in this past free agency, you're you're not going to be able to get everyone back. So rather than kind of scrambling to find that guy, we could have drafted uh, one of the offensive linemen at least one one of the positions, whether it be center, whether it be guard, doesn't matter. We could have addressed this one way or another, and this way the learning curve wouldn't be as steep if the Rams needed to resort to starting one of uh, this younger center, whoever it would be, or, or guard. And now it may come to the point where the Rams may have to draft, like, <laughs> offensive lineman in the 2022 NFL draft and hope and pray that these guys are fast learners because the reality is even in 2022 our cap situation should be a little bit better considering what we do in the process but the 2022 uh, cap space while it, it is a little bit better and hopefully it won't drop again uh, in 2022, which I don't expect it to, but in the case that it does, you know, you have to keep in mind that the Rams cap space isn't, isn't perfect either. So it's not like the Rams can go out, get the best guard or tackle or center prospect and, you know, add them to the team without addressing any other positions. So this is just offensive line. That's, that's the big picture here. There are other positions the Rams need to worry about as well. Keep this in mind. Yeah, and no, the book should be okay next year. I mean, I mean, the, I don't like. The, I, correct me if I'm wrong. I don't think there's really anyone on the team right now who's like a big extension candidate. No. Um. I mean, Darius Williams, I guess. Darius Williams yeah. is probably the biggest one. Yeah, Darius Williams for sure, which I heard rumors that uh, he was going to be um, he's going to be a guy that they're going to be negotiating soon, which I hope so. I hope so, because he's going to be a very expensive free agent if it comes to that. Yeah, so um, looking at the guy, like besides the two players we mentioned, obviously Corbin, Nopum, uh are guys you're going to have to consider. Other free agents for the Rams next year, Darius Williams... Uh, it's going to be an unrestricted free agent. And Corbett, no boom. And then I guess Sebastian Joseph Day. I mean, that's really it for guys who, like, it, you, if you want to count Micah Kaiser or Okoronkwo as big losses, Kenny Young, Johnny Munt. Like, they're not really um, big. It's Troy Reader. Troy, <laughs> Troy Reader. <laughs> Yeah, Pretty much all the inside linebackers well, are, Troy, are free agent. <laughs> Troy Reader is a restricted free agent, so uh, I guess he, that's true. Yeah, he's back if they want him back. Um, the other guys, not so much. So I don't know. I mean, they if they have cap space next year, they 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 might look to address it in free agency. But I don't know. The other guys on the team, Chandler Brewer, as you mentioned, he's a guy that they're 
high on. He, if you don't know who this is, Chandler Brewer is a offensive lineman on the team that, in theory, could play some guard, could play some center. He opted out last year uh, for COVID protocols. He was considered high risk. So, I mean, good for him. He probably made the right decision for his personal health. Um, but, like, recent quotes, the Rams have been kind of touting him as <laughs> their draft pick at offensive line this year. Uh, here's a quote from Sean McVay. Chandler Brewer was a draft pick this year, opting back in. A guy that we have a lot of excitement about that can play inside and outside. Chandler Brewer was the guy we added to the mix that wasn't with us last year. There you go. That sounds, though, less like he's endorsing him as, like, a big part of the team, like, that they didn't need to make a draft pick, and more so, like, stop fucking asking me why we didn't draft an offensive line. Chandler Brewer is our pick. There we go. Uh, Les Snead said... Back from opt-out, he actually played well for us in San Francisco way back in 2019 when we went up there. It was a heavyweight fight. He played well. Um, Johnny, I don't remember a single positive from the offensive performance in that San Francisco game. Uh, I don't even remember Chandler Brewer playing. Maybe it's because of just how blacked out I have taken that 2019 at San Francisco game from my memory. Uh, It was an absolute – he called it a heavyweight fight. Uh, it was a heavyweight fight where one heavyweight got knocked out in the second round. Uh, so <laughs> None of that makes me feel great. And so, I mean, he's a guy who, in theory, like, if they really are high on him, will probably be competing for Note Boom for a spot on the starting line, whether it's at center or at guard. Uh, because I think the other four guys are probably set in stone, like you said, one way or the other. And he's probably the only guy left I could see really competing for a spot. Coleman Shelton, Jamil Demby, I mean, those guys might get cut. Jamil Demby probably certainly going to get cut. Uh, Tremaine Ankrum, he's drafted as a tackle, seventh-round pick last year. Um, Alec Jackson's an interesting undrafted free agent, but I don't I, – I, Brewer is really the only guy from this group I could see maybe earning a starting job in camp, but I don't know. I, I don't feel great about any of these guys. They're okay depth pieces. Evans, in particular, I think is a good depth piece. But, like, we just have no proof that Brewer or really any of these guys, like, can step in and be productive, you know? No, I mean, it's going to take a lot of observations from training camp. And uh, considering the preseason actually happens this year, I, I think this will be a great year for preseason to happen. Uh, because if it does indeed happen... You have uh, you have quite a few camp battles and some some for the for that are going to be super interesting. Uh, offensive line, well, uh, that that's going to be interesting to see who actually steps up, if anyone actually steps up. Uh, but yeah, this this is the entire offensive line is a position to watch out for uh, because obviously the main starters like Andrew Whitworth. Uh, Rob Havenstein, you know, Austin Corbett, probably even, you know, these are guys that are probably going to sit. So the meaning that, you know, guys like Bobby Evans, like, you know, uh, you know, maybe Jamel Demby or Chandler Brewer, you know, these are guys that um, you look out for. And, you know, there's all kinds of battles that I'm, I'm particularly intrigued with, but Offensive line should be something that all fans should be taking a look at. 
and we'll get a preseason this year, which uh, so we actually will get these battles. I, I'm talking about this on a later pod, but it's going to be interesting to see how the Rams handle their preseason because with an added game to the regular season, I feel like teams will probably play their starters a little less. And Sean McVay never plays the starters in the preseason, at least the last uh, in 2018 and 2019. But an offensive line particularly didn't play the starters in 2019, and he definitely should have played a couple of them uh, because those guys, Joseph Noteboom and Brian Allen, really, really needed some prep reps in the preseason. Um, so, Brian Allen. Yeah, Brian, yeah, Brian Allen for sure. Like, uh, if you're going to play Corbett at center, I'd love to see him get some preseason snaps. If you're going to play nope, even Noteboom at guard, I'd love to get him some preseason snaps. And I obviously, these guys, uh, the Fringer guys that we just mentioned, are going to get preseason snaps no matter what. Um, and I think it's a good time to transition to the undrafted free agents because we did mention a couple of them. Just to give the list of the whole class of Rams undrafted free agents this year, as we mentioned, off the tackle, Alark Jackson out of Iowa, um, wide receiver Landon Akers out of Iowa State, Merrimack Center, Javon, or Merrimack Safety, sorry, Javon Grant, Western Kentucky Center, Jordan Meredith, uh, who played who played more than just center in college, but was listed as center by the Rams. Boston College off the line outside linebacker Max Roberts, Air Force defense tackle George Silvanek. BYU safety Troy Warner, UAB cornerback Bronte Harris, and Pittsburgh safety Paris Ford. I think you got us. We got to start with Jackson. Um, I don't have thoughts on all ten of these guys, but Lark Jackson out of Iowa is. There's always a handful of play, undrafted free agents that you kind of look at and are like, seems like this guy should have been drafted, and he's one of them for this year. Probably the only one for the Rams in this class. Uh, he was first team All Big Ten last year at Iowa. Uh, NFL.com gave him a six-round grade. Uh, he, he really is a guy who probably should have been drafted, played multiple positions in the senior bowl. Um, theoretically could could be a player. Uh, and compared to these depth pieces we have behind Bobby Evans, I'm glad that they went out and got somebody who uh, seems to project as an NFL offensive lineman like more likely than a lot of guys that go undrafted. Um, he got... They had a handshake agreement with him pretty quickly. Lesney mentioned it in his post-draft conference right after the seventh round, and they actually gave him a hefty, not a hefty signing bonus for like most NFL players, but a nice $20,000 signing bonus for a undrafted free agent, which is uh, really solid. I don't know. Have you looked into uh, Jackson at all, Johnny? Do you think he could be any kind of a factor on the offensive line this year and going forward? Uh, so, yeah, I did actually take a look at Jackson, and I – I think that this is a solid pickup for an undrafted free agent, and considering considering the Rams' depth, you know th- this is uh, this is exactly the kind of signing you want. There's a reason why they gave 20k uh, as as a signing bonus. This almost never happens for an undrafted free agent, um, you know, at, at least for the Rams anyway. You know, they they don't willingly give out signing bonuses to undrafted free agents. Um, so the fact that they're able to do that, um, it, it's, it's amazing because this is a guy that fits into a Sean McVay's philosophy of, you know, cross training players. Uh, he's, as, uh, Steve mentioned earlier, he's a guy that played multiple positions in the senior bowl. So this is exactly the type of guy that, that we want on the roster. And, uh, 
you know, if, if he plays backup guard, uh, maybe backup tackle, you know, that, that would be great. Um, personally, I, I think this was the best move uh, from the undrafted free agents uh, that the Rams did because the rest of them... It's kind of interesting if you look at them, and we'll, we'll get to them in a little bit, but uh, it, it's it's kind of interesting because I felt like if you really take a look at who the Rams uh, signed, they're not all over the place like how they've been in the past. You know, the signing camp bodies, these were, these were guys that were strategically signed... Um, to see if they could make some type of impact. There was a few guys in there that you're like, okay, this he's obviously can't body, but not many. And we'll, we'll get into them in just a little bit. But by far, this was the best signing. Loved it. Absolutely loved it. Uh, kudos to Les Need for this one. Yeah, and it was nice to see, you know, their top priority at Undrafted Free Agent being off the blind after not drafting one. Uh, we'll see how it projects out. Fun facts about him. He switched up his diet last year. To, I, I think he went vegan to allow him to play to weight. Uh, that gives him more of a higher ceiling to pro prospects and you know, be healthier in general. And uh, it worked out. He got to the NFL. Also, fun fact about him, which I thought was interesting. He was drafted 15th overall in the CFL, Canadian Football League draft. He's a native of Canada. Um, he was not going to give up on the NFL to join the CFL. But with that being said, he probably needs to make the 53-man roster to stay here because if I'm him, I'm going to start in the CFL than stay on the Rams practice squad. Uh, right? Oh, it depends. Does the Rams practice squad pay more than the CFL? Yeah, I, I actually don't know the answer to that question. Um, it's more – I, I don't know. I, I don't know. Um. I guess it depends how much of a gamer he is, too. Like, if he wants to be on the field, and he goes to the CFL. Um, the one guy I also forgot to mention that I think is probably the second biggest undrafted free agent they got was Texas State wide receiver Jeremiah Hadle, who was a kick returner and punt returner at Texas State, uh, which is obviously a position of need and a position that, for the Rams especially, historically has been filled by undrafted players. Uh, Jojo Natson, Simple Webster. I I haven't watched the tape yet, admittedly. I haven't gotten there yet, but I'm excited that they are bringing in somebody to specifically compete for that position. Yeah, they they uh, they added, in my opinion, they added quite a few players that could fulfill that position. I think this is something you know, adding adding him is going to be like trying to weigh their options to see if it's necessary to have another guy on the roster, like kind of like how they did with Jojo Natson um, last season, or not Jojo Natson, uh, Nasimba Webster last season. Um, you know, it, it's uh, it's not a bad thing to have more competition, especially because that's what the Rams have been, you know, striving to do recently is to improve the special teams and, you know, they really needed to because last year it was definitely a low point for them. I, I, we're so used to seeing the Rams special teams being a really good unit. And last year they were, I, I would say they were our weakest unit for sure. So, you know, I, I like, I like them bringing in more competition. 
we don't know the you know if we're going to be realistic about this we don't know if he's going to make the roster but um why not you know i i say why not um Hadel is uh is very quick exactly what you want at, at a kick at a kick returner i'm all for it yeah if he's gonna make the team it has to be because he won that kick returner job in camp because they're not they're pro like if he doesn't win it, it's probably still Simba Webster, and he's a six wide receiver on the roster because we, you know, we're obsessed with bringing in wide receiver depth so we could have a five man group because we are going to run five wide. Uh, <laughs> so we'll have to make it as a third specialist. Um, but tell me about any of these other guys, man. Anyone else stand out to you? Uh, you see, I saw a uh, friend of friend of the show thor nystrom ranked the undrafted free agent classes and he had us 13th out of 16th um felt like the only real meaningful player we had was lark jackson how, how did you feel about i mean is there other guys that stood out to you here as potential to uh you know make the team and potentially contribute so uh there's it, it's kind of interesting because if, if you look at who the rams picked up there's quite a few safeties that they picked up which I thought, which I thought was really interesting, uh, because obviously when you think of the Rams' needs going into the um, going into the draft, safety was not one of them. Even though there were there were a lot of draft experts that were saying safety was a need because we lost John Johnson. That's a fair point because John Johnson is a uh, um, you know the, that's going to be a huge loss no matter which way you spin it. But the Rams do have their starting safeties and Taylor Rapp and Jordan Fuller. So they also have Terrell Burgess as a guy that can that could be a starter or that, that could uh you know be placed in uh rotate here and there. And then beyond that is kind of fillers like Nick Scott, who to his credit, you know, nobody thought he was gonna be nothing more than a special teamer, but he actually got in some in game action last season. So that that's a big find right there, but um, I think part of the reason why they were looking safety here was because they're looking to kind of free up guys. Um, you know, we don't we still don't exactly know what we have in Terrell Burgess just yet, uh, but you know this is a guy that they don't want to tie him down to a specific role. You know, they kind of want to switch him up so having more versatile guys out there um one uh one uh safety that caught my eye was uh javon grant i feel like he was uh he's gonna be a guy that the the rams take a look at a lot and see if he can actually make the roster maybe overtake nick uh scott's role you never know um they they have luck finding undrafted set uh safeties so um the fact that they went so heavy at safety for for undrafted free agents, it it, it says a lot. And I, I'm looking forward to seeing, you know, some of these guys because, you know, they, they've had some success. Even guys that haven't really, you know, um, contributed a whole lot like uh, Jake Gervais, you know, that that's a guy that I feel like could uh, contribute on, on uh, you know, less stacked teams. Um, Jake Gervais is going to try and fight, fight for a spot as well. But, uh, you know, finding finding these uh, diamonds in the rough, 
I feel like Celestinita has really gotten great at that. So, um, definitely something to look out for. Yeah, and it makes it makes a lot of sense. I think to bring in a couple safeties here because, like, like you mentioned, we have the guys at the top that you feel good about uh, filling in the role for John Johnson, who's departed. That obviously being Jordan Fuller and Taylor Rapp as the starters to help Burgess um, playing. He might, like you said, he might play Nick role. He might play different roles. Uh, and then you have Nick Scott. But it's not like, um, you know, beyond those players, you, you, they didn't bring in a replacement for John Johnson's roster spot. And you mentioned the guys like Jake Gervais, um, other guys in the roster, Juju Hughes. Uh, you know, the, it's not like those guys are, are guaranteed spots and contributors, you know, even if you like Gervais. You know, it's not like if he was cut, we wouldn't be sitting on the floor like stunned. Um, so it, it makes sense to me to bring in a couple guys, and yeah, I, I hope uh, it'd, be, it'd be awesome if one of them worked out. It was a nice, nice contributor to the team. Paris Ford is a worked out with Aaron Donald at Pittsburgh. Uh, he's kind of like a home run hitting safety, but makes makes a lot of mistakes. So uh, yeah, I, yeah, we'll see. We'll see uh, if any of these guys pan out, man. Yeah, I'm really looking forward to seeing uh, some of the safety play. I, I feel like the um, that's that's a kind of like an underrated position for us, uh, just because each year, year in and year out, they they seem to do really well, um, even at a preseason level. You know, we we fall in love with uh, a lot of these guys that uh, may not have a, a a big role or or if any role at all on the team. Um, Gervais is is uh, one one of the guys that just really thrived in uh, preseason, I believe, in 2019. And, uh, you know, uh, I, I have a feeling that one of these guys um, are going to stand out. There's just a, a good list of them uh, in this year's undrafted free agent class. I am excited for the preseason because I could finally fall in love with uh, random players in the preseason that, even if they make the team, probably won't play much. Uh, and hey, man, John Wolford was one of those guys in 2019, and look at him now—he's our backup quarterback. Um, so that, yeah, that's, that's that's interesting. You bring him up because he too is a free agent in 2022, and yeah. uh, if he hey, you know, if he continues to perform well in the preseason, he performed well in a couple of games last season. It wouldn't shock me completely. If a team throws a ridiculous number at him. It would shock me completely if a team threw a ridiculous number at him, honestly. I, I mean, hey, look look at past quarterbacks that got ridiculous numbers that proved nothing. Like uh, guys like Brett Hundley or, um, let's see, who else? Uh, uh, Paxton Lynch, you know. <laughs> uh, Brock Osweiler, you know. Oh, I mean... Those are three wildly different, like, <laughs> cases here. Uh, and o- Osweiler won some games. Like, did he win enough games to get $80 million or whatever he got? Like, no. Hell no. But uh, Paxton Lynch was a first-round pick. Who I don't I don't even know if he got signed. Is he even on a team? I, I uh, have no idea. I doubt it. Yeah, I, it's just, like, with how quarterback contracts were getting handed out this offseason – I don't know. I don't know. Like, like, like I said, it would not surprise me at all if a team threw, like, may, maybe not $80 million, but 
Um, no, no, right. But maybe the team throws like a one-year, you know, eight to ten million dollar contract out there. You never know. He'd have he'd have to have really be popping off in the preseason. Or look at the Bears and Andy Dalton. I mean, again, like Andy Dalton's a Pro Bowler, not anymore, but. He was trash last year. Yeah, but like, uh, he was not – I don't know if he was trash last year. He was not great. I would not have signed him as my starting quarterback. No, but, no, not at all. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, <laughs> that's a way <laughs> different case. He was a starter for like a decade in the NFL. I guess. I guess. <laughs> uh, last thing before we wrap up. Let, hey, let's talk about these number changes, Johnny. Uh if you're living under a rock here or just being a normal person and not reading NFL news in the middle, like that's not related to the draft, the NFL passed a rule making basically the numbers players can wear at the same as college. So expect to see some random players wearing single digit numbers and being confused about it this year. And our team is going to be a part of that. Robert Woods switched from number 17 to number two. So apologies to anyone who has a Robert Woods jersey. You lost the number sweepstakes. Me, as a J.L.A. Ramsey jersey owner, I'm very happy because he did not change his number. I might grab one of these Robert Woods 2 jerseys because that's going to look clean as shit. Um, Darius Williams changed from 31 to 11. Jordan Fuller changed from 32 to 4. Deshaun Jackson, I guess, changed from 11 to 1, but he wasn't on the team. I kind of love all these new numbers. Robert Woods is going to be really weird to watch wearing two, but I think Jordan Fuller is going to look dope in number four. I love that switch. Uh, and Jackson in number one will be, will be interesting as well. Yeah, it's it was kind of, you know, something that Steve and I was talking about earlier this, uh, um, this offseason about how when the rumors were flying around that NFL was considering these number changes, it just didn't make sense to you know keep these number changes or, or to not ch- to not switch over to these number changes like why was this a big rule anyway like it it makes zero sense and you know let the guys have fun with it man i'm glad that there was uh there was like some sort of you know not not drama but you know like i guess you could say a mild drama between uh, Robert Woods and Jalen Ramsey for um, the number two. I I'm actually surprised that Robert Woods ended up with number two. I seriously thought Jalen Ramsey was gonna take it, but uh, <laughs> could you imagine if Jalen Ramsey ends up at number seventeen? I I think that'd be hilarious. Good way to piss off Steve too. I, I would have been pissed. I'm trying to find this quote because uh, he had a uh, – he noted that in a, in a tweet a while ago, he said he won't get into why it won't be number two because that's a joke, LOL. So, like, I wonder if they gave Robert Woods priority and he was just pissed off about it. <laughs> Maybe. I, I it, It's possible. I mean – it, it would be hard to give priority to either one of these guys because, A, Robert Woods, he's been with the Rams. He's been 
he's been solid with the Rams for what feels like ever. And Jalen Ramsey, I mean, he's he's uh, I mean, he's like probably their second best player. So yeah, he's uh, definitely their second best player. So yeah, it's like who do you give priority to? It, that that was so, that's a hard decision there. Yeah, uh, I think the rule is dumb, and I agree. Like, let them wear whatever they want. It uh, it's gonna look weird for a while, but like, who fucking cares, man? Like, the jerseys are gonna look cooler. Uh, all right. Well, Johnny, I looked at our rundown before this podcast, and I said maybe this will be a short one, and we are at the 50-minute mark, which I guess is shorter for us. <laughs> I mean, you got any final parting thoughts here before we wrap up? I mean, go Lakers. I mean, hopefully we can stay healthy. Go go ankles. You know, hopefully they don't get sprained. Um, <laughs> you know, uh Sixers are. I'm not gonna. I'm. I'm not gonna lie. Sixers are looking pretty good. Uh, before the, before the season started, I predicted Lakers Sixers for the finals, and uh, well, I, I I do believe the Sixers are gonna be there. I don't know if I do. Uh, the Nets are really fucking good. Yeah, I'm but... very scared of the Nets. As long as Ben Simmons stays healthy, I think they get there. I I, I mean, the, the basketball gods have answered my prayers because I have just been staring at the standings, praying the Sixers can keep the one seed so that the Nets and Bucks can beat the shit out of each other in the second round. And <laughs> it's happening, and I'm also sitting here praying that the Heat do not get the four or five seed so that we can also avoid them and – that's going to be very close. They're tied for the five seed. Um, I don't want to know what a Jimmy Butler revenge series looks like in the playoffs. I would rather just avoid it completely. But, hey, I have faith. Uh, it's really, I'm really only worried about the Nets and the East. Yeah, uh, that's really the Sixers' only competition, realistically. The Lakers basically have to climb Mount Everest to the top of the Western Conference, so... Uh, good luck there, Lakers. I mean, yeah. I mean, the, what the Lakers have going for them is literally one of the two best players to ever play the sport in close to his prime, if not still his prime, uh, and another top ten player in the league if they're healthy. So, I mean, they could beat anyone. Uh, that's, that's the big question, if. The poor Phoenix Suns having a <laughs> like their best season in – 15 years getting the two seed they're gonna have to play the fucking lebron in the first round like <laughs> i mean if, if anything i feel bad for chris paul i chris paul should have been a laker i'm still i i'm still salty about that steve i don't give a shit i'm salty that chris paul was never a laker yeah yeah it's uh they, david stern is rolling in his grave hearing that man <laughs> did him dirty uh, did him dirty <laughs> that was brutal that was brutal uh all right well yeah i um <laughs> i can't wait to watch this playing game no matter who's playing in it but hey we'll talk to you guys next week i mean if if there's any rams related podcast i mean this seriously like if any listeners out there have a rams related podcast they would like us to discuss rams related topic 
We'll probably discuss it on the show. Just tweet it at us, at Superbarrow, at Johnny506, at TalkRams. We got a couple weeks here to fill in before we can get into the real nitty-gritty of the preseason. But we're going to do it, as always. We have fun at this time of year. So we will talk to you guys next week. Uh, We'll see you then. Tell Sean Payton, keep talking that We're going to see him soon. You feel me? Sugar Ray Leonard, Roberto Duran, Marvelous Marvin Hagler, and Thomas Hearns. Legends, whose four-way rivalry defined one of the greatest eras in boxing history. Relive their decade of dominance in the new Showtime sports documentary, The Kings, a four-part series premiering Sunday, June 6th, only on Showtime.